All right, here we are. It is Bullpen Sessions. My name is Andy Neary, and this is episode 17. If you are a business leader or a business professional, and you know that you want to get more done in less time doing what you love, this is the podcast for you. Now, I'm excited. This is episode 17, but this is at, uh, interview number one, and I couldn't have picked a better individual for the first interview than to have none other than Dylan Ali with me. Dylan, welcome aboard, man. Dude, thank you. I am honored and blessed to be number one. Um, nudge, nudge. <laughs> uh, you know, a little, little, little self, uh, self love there. But no, I'm absolutely excited that you chose me. To share this space with you and I'm excited to jump into the dialogue I'm excited to share with your audience and at the end of the day you and I have this great relationship and I'm just happy to chat with a buddy you know just to chat with a buddy for a few minutes and hopefully that we can take some of that and uh, give some value and lend some impact brother so I'm absolutely ready to jump in. well and it's the val it's the beauty of a virtual world right now Dylan right you and I have only met one time for what yes half hour maybe and I feel like you're a good friend now. I feel like yes. I've known you for, for a long, long time. The irony, irony is you currently live where I came from, but now we're, we're a thousand miles apart. So yes. if you right now are in sales and you know that you need to work on your mindset and you have to uh, create some better habits and, and rituals, you are going to love this interview. So let's dive right into it, Dylan. Yes. One thing I work with so many on right now is telling their story, sharing their story with the world. So I'm gonna give you a chance to tell yours. Take a few minutes to tell us about who you are, where you came from, and what you're doing today. Absolutely, before I jump into that, though, Andy, I wanna frame it out, right? We talk about mindset, and specifically in the world of sales. Through my story, I want you to pay attention to a few things, because what we fail to recognize is that our history equals our present. And even more so from a subconscious standpoint, the emotional traumas or attachment that we have to stories dictate how we operate. In 25, year, 20, 25 years in IT sales, I can tell you that there were a lot of bad habits that were based in fear and anxiety. And so creating the rituals like you talked about, understanding where the root came from. So, you know, here I am, eight years old, right, on an airplane, and the airline hostess walks by and the guy next to me who is probably around our age right but this is back in 1981 so he's got the cool porn stash right <laughs> and he's wearing the navy suit and he says to her hey I'll have a whatever rum and coke and get my buddy over here whatever he wants boom emotional attachment experience number one. In that moment, what I didn't recognize is an eight-year-old little boy coming from Trinidad to New York City was that was a first vision of success for me. Like in that moment, what I didn't articulate in my little boy mind and heart was, I want to be that guy and give this kid or another kid this same type of feeling. And here's the reality of things, dude. At the end of the day, we are all little eight and 10-year-old boys and girls. And it doesn't matter what we build. All we want is to feel worthy, to feel enough, to feel loved. Put that on the back burner because that's going to be really important to the story. So fast forward, we land in New York in 1981. I mean, wow, boom, right? What's going on? I come from Trinidad, what, 60 square miles? My block was bigger than that in the Bronx, right? And so, you know, fast forward, we moved down to Texas. 
And, you know, fast forward, fast forward. I did not go the traditional route of getting a college degree. I tried three times. And by the third time I tapped out and said, this isn't for me. So now you've got 19 year old dialing that's trying to figure out what to do. And at the time down in Beaumont, Texas, we were opening up a lot of prisons and a state prison opened up. And man, at that point in my life, it's like, you know, okay, $24,000 a year. It's a good job. I know that the, the Fed pen's going to open up next year and I'll get a federal job. And man, I'm going to make it 50 grand a year and I'm living life. So fast forward two years and literally, I think 12 use of forces, which is a, not a verbal, but a physical altercation with an inmate. There have been people that have been prison guards for 20 years that didn't even have half of that. But I was really in my head, I had a big ego at that point, so I attracted it. There was a point where I said, you know what, Mike Tyson's the only person that I know that gets paid enough to fight every day. There was one weekend, Andy, within three days I had, within two days I had three use of forces. Now I'm not bragging about it, but I'm just saying that was where I was at. So I had an opportunity to go into sales. A buddy of mine um, became a manager of a retail store. Long story short, said, hey, I'll hire you. The DM says, nope, you're not cut out for sale, but I'll give you a job in the warehouse. My buddy, Andrew Vandegrift said, D, give me six months, bro. I'll get you on the sales floor. I trusted, I had faith, I moved into it. Six months later, within a month or two, I was the top sales guy in that store. Within six months, I was one of the top sales guys in the company. Right. Two years later, as the story goes, I chased a girl. So left Beaumont, Texas to Austin and um, literally bought a house, quit my job. At that point, I was making about 70 grand a year, mm -hmm. bought a hundred and twenty five thousand dollar home at what? Twenty five, twenty six, quit my job and said, hey, I'm set. Idiot. Right. But I did it. I walked by faith, not by sight. Long story short, I'm leaving, and a buddy of mine, Mike Malba, says, hey, you should go to work at Dell, man. Even the janitor at Dell's a millionaire. <laughs> so I said, okay, I'm moving to Austin. I'm going to work at Dell. Six months later to the day, I walk in, my first day at Dell, and that was my IT career, the startup. I literally walked in the door at $32,000 a year OTE, on-target earnings. So if I hit 100% of my quota, I made 32 grand. My top year prior to leaving was 320, so I 10X'd it. My OTE was 250 when I left. So I got my OTE up to where I wanted it. I 10X'd my first year in corporate. I was successful, man. I was absolutely successful. And I was just looking for a way to make more money. And what I found was my way home. And what I mean is that instead of, instead of being external or finding what I wanted external, I found it within. Mm. And that led to a lot of my framework and my morning rituals. And it led me to dissolving those, you know, those fears and those bits of anxiety. Here's an example. I had a goal that I wanted to make a hundred grand a year by the time I was 30. Now here I am, um, no college degree, right? Literally like, brand new place, don't know what I'm doing, like literally walking into corporate America like dumb and blind. But in my mind, I'm gonna make a hundred grand a year. And so what? I went to work. And guess what? Fear and anxiety drove that. 30, I made $97,000. I failed. I was miserable, Andy. Miserable. I thought I was the biggest loser. So what did I do? Discipline says, pull your britches up. 
pulled my britches up and I went to work. Next year I made 113. Do you know how long I celebrated? I'm guessing not very. Every bit of five minutes. Why? Because while I addressed everything from a mental standpoint, I had yet to go under the covers and go to an emotional standpoint. So now when I hit the 113, yeah, but now I had to go back into protect mode. Oh my God, what if they find out that I don't have a college degree? What if they find out that I just got lucky? What if they find out? Or what if I can't do this again? And so 31 to literally 40, I'm 46, so three years ago, 43. Yeah, 40, 42, 43 maybe. So the better part of 10 years, man, I beat the shit out of corporate and I took big paychecks home. I was slamming big deals left and right. I built a freaking mansion, but it was empty because I never went back and I never healed those emotional wounds. So every time I got successful, I would knock myself back down. Every time I would win, I would lose. And over the last three years, because of some of the shifts that I've made, because of the absolute shift that I've made, I mean, I've had some of my best years in corporate. I had the courage to walk away because guess what? There's not enough zeros to keep me in that mask, right? But before I did, because I never wanted to run away from anything, and because I have a vision that's so strong, I allowed myself to be pulled. So as, as you see me today, with the earrings and the hand tattoos and the beard, the sense of fashion, I'd sold out to what I thought corporate was years mm -hmm. ago, and I looked really cookie cutter. And I made a lot of money, right? I had a lot of success, but like I told you, there's not enough zeros anymore to go to make me play that character. You know, in Hollywood, used to be the actors always strive for that $20 million movie, right? That $20 million paycheck. Yep. And I say, there's not enough zeros on any paycheck to, to, for me to step back into that character. Because that character was not who I am. Over the last three years, I dissolved that character and I allowed myself to shine and I was accepted. And actually, my, my branding went up in the corporate space. My W-2 went up, right? Because of who I truly am. And it's what led me to walking away because I know if I can do it, you can do it. And anyone else listening can do it. Man, I hope if you're listening to this right now, you took away the, the message that Dylan is saying right now. There is not enough money out there that can overcome self-doubt. There is not enough money in the world that there's not a house, there's not a car, whatever it might be that can fill your cup if what is inside is empty. Now, Dylan, we're going to get into the habits and rituals, which I'm so excited to get into in a minute, but I want to go back to your story quick. And there's so many questions that can come out of this, but very few people, I would say in this world have had the experience of being a prison guard <laughs> before they got into sales, right? Yes. If I were to ask you the question, is there one thing you learned as a prison guard that actually helped you in sales? What would you say? Mm, that's really good. Um, not having resources, but being resourceful. Mm. So I'll give you an example. Some of the most jack dudes that I've ever met in my life were in prison. They didn't have supplements. They didn't have weights. They didn't have a coach. They didn't have all that. And I've been fortunate enough because I love lifting. I've power lifted, but my main thing was always martial arts. And 
I've had the opportunity to train with some killers. I've had the opportunity to be around like, you know, some really top level athletes and no joke physically, there are some guys that are locked up 23 out of 24 hours a day that look better and are in better shape. So what does that mean? You know what? I've seen guys order books from the library and have the biggest law books and you think they're the jailhouse lawyers. They're not. You walk by their cell, they've got them in their pillowcases and they're curling, right? I've seen guys make, you know, um, toilet bowl punch when they had a, you know, they want a little bit of alcohol and man, I've smelled that stuff. I would not <laughs> drink it. But you know what? They, they learned to be resourceful and it taught me to be resourceful. So now when I came into corporate, I brought a lot of that with mm -hmm. me because I didn't feel that I was up to par. Here's the reality of things. Most people that are sitting on left and right or across the table had a degree. Now, even worse, most of them had double degrees. And most of those guys had or gals had MBAs. So they were way, way ahead of me. So for me, I knew that once I got to the table, I had to be resourceful. So now I had to go back to what can I use in my environment? So what I became really good at was being a grinder. What I became really good at was thinking outside the box. And I think those prison years really helped me to articulate that. Well, and you bring up so many good points that I think are shifting in society right now. If you are going to be successful, whether it's in sales or anything, you don't need the college degree has lost a lot of significance yes. in the last five to 10 years. And I think so many, especially <clears throat> those that are younger in the professional world today, still live their, their professional brand as if the college degree is what it was about. Uh, book smarts mattered. Uh, how others view me is important, meaning my, my brand, my dress is yes. based on others' opinions. Yes. And that's one thing I love about you. And it's, you spent a good chunk of your career in that mindset, right? Yes. You made all the money in the world. You built a nice house. You wore the nice clothes. But a lot of that was based on probably what you thought others wanted you to have, right? It was based on opinions. And at the end of the day, it didn't make you happy. And what I love about you since I've known you is you have completely gone into creating the Dylan Ali brand, right? The beard the way you dress, the style, corporate America might shudder at that. But you know what? Now people are seeing the real dialing and it's paying off in 10x for you right now, which is so awesome to see. So you, uh, on your website, you say something that I want you to, to expound on a, bit, a little bit. And that is, you know, you have made all the money in the world in corporate America. You took home the big paychecks, but there is not enough zeros on a paycheck that can overcome a lack of self-worth. Yes. Expound on that a little bit for somebody out there who might be younger, early in their professional career, and they're just focused on the money. Yeah. So many of us create this persona or this character based on what we think other people's opinion of us are. I'll give you an example. At one point, my nickname in corporate was Big Duke. I mean, I was jacked. I was like 260, 270. All I did was eat chicken, pizza, and work out, right? And so guess what? I was good at sales, but that really wasn't a thing. It was the brand, Big Duke. When I walked in and people were like, Big Duke is here, I felt so great, mm -hmm. right? So guess what? Over the years, I became Big Duke and more of dialing got pushed away. Now, here's what I've learned. The quick time collapse is don't be Big Duke. Be who you are because when you are who you are, 
you know, even my sense of fashion is just an extension of myself. It's not because I want to look like a certain thing, but when you are, two things are going to happen. People are going to be attracted to you because you're vulnerable. You're allowing them to be vulnerable. They're going to see within you what they see within themselves. But really the more important piece is the people, the haters that are detracted from you. So you talk about, there are some people in corporate that may shock at you and that's what I want because guess what? We're all walking reflections of each other. So now the guy or gal that says, I'll give you an example. I've literally sat in meetings and I talk with my hands a lot purposely, especially now that I've had hand tattoos for a few years and I can see the CEO at the cross the table, just waiting. And then finally, man, I just got to ask you what's with the hand tattoos, dude. And then I'm like, I fucking got you now, bro, because <laughs> it's an ant and it's a heart. And so, Andy, the reason that I have these is in the shamanic world, the ant represents dedication, collaboration, teamwork, right? And the heart is simply a reminder that I have a heart to love myself and others unconditionally. And so many of us pray to God and say, hey, I want this, I want this, give me this. But the truth is, is God has given us the hands to do the work, the ant, a heart to love ourselves without conditioning others. And if you notice here, there's an eyeball. Mm -hmm. And when I'm not acting from that space, the eyeball is simply my soul staring back at me and putting me in check saying, D, are you leading with love or fear right now? Are you working or are you just asking? And what I can say that anyone in, 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 in their career today, before you think about selling out for that paycheck, think about who you are because right now you don't have a big home, you don't have a family, you don't have big OPEX. So maybe eat ramen and soup for the first year or two, like I did. There were guys around me that were just killing it, making me feel less and less every day. But guess what? No other way to say it than I've fucking just blown by them and I've lapped them several times. It's not ego. It's just reality. Because I was willing to stop and start to eat ramen and start to figure out who I, who I was. So the first couple years, the first 10 years, I was in it. But once I scaled back and said, man, I can be me, then it really started showing up. So don't get me wrong. When I started being me, the market kind of was like, what's going on? Yep. And there may have been a couple months where, you know, I was borderline eating ramen, but it was all part of my process in uncovering who I am. And today I can tell you, my old corporate job right now in the middle of COVID can call me back and say, hey, Dylan. Hey, we're, you were just kidding. We were just kidding. Take your old position back. We'll give you your old money. And I'd be like, thank you, but no thank you. Because yep. there's not enough zeros to make me put those masks back on. You know, <clears throat> what you said about stepping into your true brand. I mean, for me, that was a game changer about a year, year and a half ago. I admit too, I was one of those individuals that even when I put myself out on social media, I felt if I didn't have the tie on, people would not take me seriously. Yes. And what I've come to learn, Dylan, is to me, it's not about what's on your, you know, what, what's on your back, the clothing on your back. It's the content coming out of your mouth. It's the message coming out of your mouth that matters. And so if people are offended that I might be posting a video with me in a t-shirt and you don't like it, unfollow me. It's okay because yes. this is who I am. What I love about you, I hope people caught this. If you are going to grow a business right now, Whatever business it is, you have to have a personal brand. There is so much noise in the market today. You have to step up and stand out. You are literally living your story on your body. 
That's yes. what I love about it so much. And there was so, you know, there's so much I like about you, Dylan, but I, now that I re here's a couple things I realized and why you and I are so aligned. Number one, we both use our hands a lot when we yes. Number Very two, animated. You don't, you, do, you don't realize this, but you and I both realized that hazelnut coffee at Panera might be the most underrated coffee in yes. America. Oh, yes. Absolutely. You posted bro. that on social media a few weeks back. I, I told Amy, I'm like, it is the most underrated coffee in the yes. country. Nobody understands Absolutely. how good that coffee is. Bro, it's, it's hilarious. So we talk about rituals and routines, right? Let's get, and let's so, dive into that. Yes. Rituals, habits, and routines. Because you... A lot of people could argue you are way outside the box in what you do to put your mindset in peak state, but it's unbelievable. I want you to dive into that. Absolutely. Um, you and I have talked about the inmate versus the uh, convict conversation, right? So that'll come later. We'll talk about that. But for me, it's do you control your day or does your day control you? It's discipline 101. So before there's anything else, there's discipline. And there was discipline to set the alarm clock for 3.30 every morning until I didn't need it anymore. Why did I need it anymore? Because I created a vision and the vision now pulls me out of bed. And here's the thing, when it comes to my rituals, my days now start off at 4 a.m. And my 4 a.m. is breath work and meditation anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour, depending on what I need in that moment. I love to be after that state. Uh, when I'm in that theta state, that's when the ideas come. That's when the creativity comes. That's when, you know, hey, I think about this great Panera post or something like that, right? So I tend to write. I tend to create out of that. Um, then comes the fun stuff because I believe the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, and the physical every day is a must. So that is me, the emotional, the spiritual, and the mental, not the physical piece of it. I cold plunge every day. And I don't cold plunge inside, I cold plunge outside. It doesn't matter if it's 30 degrees or 60 degrees. There have been days when the water is literally, what, 35 degrees and it's 22 degrees outside. And Dylan, literally tell ice. people step-by-step step what you do, please. Yes, yes. So that piece of it, I'll frame it. There's a couple things that happen there. Um, number one, it's discipline, right? Number two, it's an opportunity for me to practice my breath, which is a big modality of what I do. Um, number three, it's a, great, it's a great tool to help you uncover what's hidden that you don't see when it's sunny and 70 outside. So after my breathwork meditation, this is typically before I go move into a big exercise, depending on the day too, because there's some, you know, if, if I'm doing a, um, a muscle pump workout, I don't want to go cold plunge. I want my body to be inflamed, right? But if I'm running hard in my joints, then I go to it. So it depends. But I will literally go two things. I'll cold plunge, which is head submerged all the way in. And that's typically a 10 to 20 second plunge. When you get out of that, oh my gosh, your ANS is boom. But really, the discipline piece is literally just sitting, whether it's shoulders in, submerged, waist down, or whatever, and controlling the breath. Because when you sit in that cold water, the first thing that you want to do is <gasps> grasp. But if you can sit into that water and you can just <sighs> control your breath. Now, when COVID-19 hits, hmm. while everyone else is like <gasps> dialing, just like... <sighs> Boom. When you don't hit that commission for the month, right? When you miss your sales goal, when you miss the sales contest by one and you feel like I'm the worst sales guy ever, you just stop and you just 
So for me, cold is such a great teacher. And now I literally cold plunge twice a day. Like I said, one is a cold um, soak and the other is an absolute cold plunge. Now here's what happens in that. Um, there are a lot of things that happen in your body as well. So melatonin release is one of them. So I also sometimes cold plunge at night um, to get my body ready for sleep. So the cold is such a great teacher. It's such a great advocate for you, but it sucks, man. It hurts sometimes, right? And well, don't I, get I me wrong. I've got to share with you, you have had an impact yeah. on uh, Amy and, and my life because we were ones that jumped in the cold shower every morning, but it was probably for 15, 20 seconds. And then you and I chatted. I heard your philosophy about getting in there for up to three minutes, add five yes. seconds a day until you get the three minutes, then add the afternoon plunge. Now, we don't have a tub to plunge into. We right. do our shower. But that has literally been a game changer. I'd like, I'd love, I, I'm happy to share with you. I am up to two minutes and 40 seconds. Wow, dude. Um, but but awesome. it's, getting, it's getting to that point where you can literally stand under that ice cold shower. And as you said, just go. And breathe. And what you said was kind of an epiphany for me. It made me realize that COVID has not impacted Amy and I at all emotionally. And I think what you just explained has a lot to do with that. So I just wanted to say thank you. For Absolutely, that. man. Absolutely. I, I think breath is such an amazing gift. You know, that's why it's such a big part of my ritual in the mornings, right? Um, and then I move into the physical piece of it, right? I move into the physical. And right now, I, I just started on Monday this 30-day prison prison workout challenge for myself. So it's all, you know, um, all I say is the, the rituals allow me to challenge life when life challenges me. Mm. So guess what? It's cold outside. I'm not going to go inside and cold plunge in the basement where I have it set at 80 degrees. I'm going to go outside when it's 25 degrees. Why? Because I'm challenging life back, right? Um, COVID happens and we're all in lockdown and we're all trying to find you know, I have so many friends that have gone out and built these amazing gyms in their basement because they want to replicate normal life. I say, fight back with it. Don't go do that. Find ways to challenge it. Because mm -hmm. guess what? It's not normal anymore. And what I found is through rituals, it puts me in a position to always challenge life and to never quake when life challenges me. That's awesome. I hope people caught what you just said. Rituals allow me to challenge life when life challenges me. That is gold. Yes. So let me ask you this question, Dylan. If somebody is out there right now, whether they're in sales or just in, in, in a career in general, and they know that they're struggling a little bit with mindset, they, they are much farther back than you are with your rituals and habits. What would you suggest or where would you suggest, excuse me, suggest somebody start to start working on there? Because I love what you said. It's in the morning, you write, you work on your mind, your spirit, and your body. That to me is the perfect start to the perfect day. You and I are very aligned there. So if somebody hasn't even got to the point of the starting line, where should they start? The self-help industry is $9.9 .9 $9 dollars. I would dare say that 90% of that are coaches, sages, and teachers that are stuck at the mind, at controlling the mind. I take it many layers below to go to the heart, to go to the emotion. So I will bite from that to 90% and say, start with discipline, have the alarm clock, right? Set the alarm clock. You know, if you wake up at six o'clock every day and your life is in shambles, set the alarm clock for 30 minutes earlier. Hmm. 
just because I spend three or four hours by myself every day in the first in the morning doesn't mean that you have to. That's just what works for me. Yep. So have the discipline. Before there's anything else, there's discipline. Now when you have discipline, you can have the commitment. There is a, a little graph that I, I read in a book somewhere, and I don't remember the book, but it was do, can do, want to do. And most of us, we want to do something. When we figure we can do it, then we do it. I say do it. Then you figure out you can do it. Then you want to do it even more, right? So it's having the discipline just to say, I'm going to do it, literally. Yeah, and so I want you to, uh, this goes back to, I think, habits and rituals. You posted something on social media a couple of days ago that I absolutely love. So I want you to expound on it. It said 0% of zero will always be zero. I'm so glad you asked Tell, about tell that. us what you meant by that because I thought it was phenomenal. Absolutely. So I, I learned that from my original sales mentor, Hadley Cohen. This guy was a killer, man. Love this guy. I owe pretty much all of my sales success to him. And one thing he taught me about negotiation was 0% of zero is always going to be zero because I always wanted to sell at the highest margin. I wanted to pick the biggest fifths. And what I learned from that exercise is the old 80-20 split, right? So if I have to take 80% of my business at low to no margin just to get it off the street, guess what? And I can over deliver that lost leader that I sell today at negative margin will absolutely time and time again, it's proven, will turn into high profit, high margin later on. So instead of walking away from a sale that you're not gonna make any money, oh, this is not worth my time because you're Mr. Big Shot, well, you're missing out. You're not seeing beyond your nose and you're not seeing vision. So 0% of zero is always zero, my man. And that simply means from a sales perspective, take it off the street. Because as long as it's on the street, no one's getting it. So 0% of zero is always going to be zero. So I'd much rather take 1% of a million dollar deal, 1% of a thousand dollar deal, while everyone else is making 20, 30% of it. I can't go, oh, I'm gonna hold out for 20, 30%, because again, 0% of zero is always going to be zero. And I don't know about you, but there are not many sales commission jobs that pays out on every deal. It's typically by the, by the week, by the month, by the quarter, by the year. So if you keep focusing on all those high ticket items and you're missing out on all, all the low margin stuff, you gotta remember it's all paid out on an average. And again, 0% of zero is always going to be zero. And I actually hear another message coming out of that too, Dylan. It's if you're somebody who, especially in this time we're in with COVID, right? It's, 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 uh, it's strange times we're living in. And there's a lot of people who are probably thinking about an idea, thinking about doing something, but they're spending way too much time pondering it. They're paralyzed by inaction because they're afraid of what others might think of what they do. They're taking way too many opinions so they don't take any action at all. And the one result you and I know is when you don't take action, you're getting nothing. 0% so action equals 0% results yes. as well. So I, I, I love what you said. So let's wrap it up here, Dylan. You, you shared your story of where you came from. Let's spend a few minutes just letting you share your story of who you are now. You're, you're, you're now in that you got out of the corporate world. Yep. You're now coaching. Tell us a little bit about your coaching, who you work with, and how people can actually reach out to you to potentially work with you. Yes, absolutely. So, um, so I left corporate to coach and speak. Um, 
ideally, I just love speaking to me and I'm just an old sales guy. So for me speaking, I love speaking with organizations that have sales organizations mm -hmm. within them, especially ones that are remote, right? Because I've been on an island for about 15 years and that can be a little scary at times. And so for me, that speaking is in the corporate world. From a coaching perspective, I love working with the Andes and the Dylans of the world. You know what? Here's a guy that's making two, three hundred grand a year. He's got every toy. He's got the trophy wife. He's got the white picket fence, but he's still not happy. He's missing that layer. And he can't break through that, that VP role into that P role. That's where I come in. That's where we remove some of the masculine beliefs that have held him or her back and tap into those feminine qualities of empathy of joy of love of creativity steve jobs even said it right some of his greatest ideas came in the shower while he was you know while he was out running what i do as a coach is i recreate the shower i recreate the run i recreate that internal feeling that allows that creativity to come up and now as a business leader as a business owner as an executive leader you now have a lot more flow and now you have a lot of empathy you have a lot more connection and jack wells said it best a leader is simply someone that allows his people to say, his or her people to say, look what we did, right? And good leadership is enabling and empower people to do things. And this may sound a little horrible, but you know, in their mind, they think, oh my God, look what I did. When in reality, the leader just simply provided the resources and provided the guidance for them. Now, the leader does not take credit. Mm -hmm. Prior to working with me, you may have taken credit. After working with me, what you recognize is that now we are collective conscious. It's all about the greater good. And when we focus on that, revenue goes up. Because Harvard says, happier people produce 17% more revenue. Wouldn't you want your organization to produce 17% more revenue without marketing, without market conditions changing? All you have to do is go within. Hmm. Especially in times like this, right? When everybody's yes. looking to make cuts to the bottom line. So yes. last comment I'd love to have or hear from you, Dylan, is, um, what is what's one thing we haven't covered that you'd like to leave with the audience before we end this podcast? And you know what? We are all feeling a lot of uncertainty right now. I'd be lying to you if I said I haven't felt fear and anxiety and stress. Um, I have tools to work through it. And what I would say to your audience right now, when you're feeling that, because you are going to feel it, simply just stop and just breathe. Slow your breath down. Listen, I think we have something like 1,414 minutes a day. Allow yourself five minutes just to breathe and just slow it down. There's no cadence. There's no right way. There's no wrong way. Just fill your belly up and let it out. Do that a few times. And I guarantee you'll have a state shift and you'll move from that fear and anxiety into more of that love. And what that will project in your reality is much different than you're feeling right now. That's awesome, man. And I, hey, I just want to thank you again. I have really enjoyed our time this morning. You are, your, your thoughts, the way you speak, your brand, everything about you is awesome. So what is the best way, Dylan, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, uh, where are the best platforms, best ways to get in touch? Absolutely. Uh, Facebook and LinkedIn, it's easy. It's my name, Dylan Ali. My IG handle is Dylan, D-A Ali. Um, the new website just launched and I'm really proud of it, man. Like you said, you checked it out. DylanAli.net. 
Um, I'm very, very proud of it and the story. You can find out a lot more about me and then you can contact me for one-on-one conversations through through those platforms. Awesome. Well, if you're out there listening right now, I hope you are, you have a journal full of notes. You know, I'm, I have my own note, my own journal full of notes here. I mean, it's pretty simple. Dylan was absolutely correct. Right now, especially living in fear and anxiety, which a lot of people are, are right now is that's where bad habits are created and everything comes back to discipline. You can have the greatest goals in the world, Dylan. I know you and I probably have heard so many people talk about their big, hairy, audacious goals. But if you don't have the habits and rituals, the goals don't mean anything. And even when you hit those goals, especially when your goals are monetarily driven, if you haven't worked on the inside, nothing else matters. You're still going to feel empty on the inside, no matter what material items you have. And last but not least, it's about action, right? Zero percent of zero will always be be zero. zero. So with that being said, I want to thank you guys for listening. One big ask, if you know anybody that you think would find this podcast valuable, I please, please ask you to share and please go to iTunes, subscribe, give me a five-star rating if you think the content is worth it. And until next week, it's all about consistency, persistency, and patience. Don't think, don't ponder, just do. Have a great week. Love you, brother. Thank you, man.